What is up, everybody? Welcome to Bench Chatter, the common man's NBA podcast. I'm your host, Colin, here with my co-host, Noah, coming at you live on this beautiful Wednesday night to talk some basketball. Noah, what's cooking, baby? What's up, Colin? Um, I just want to first off apologize for our (laughs) dedicated Sunday listeners. Um, Your boy overslept a bit. Uh... Went to bed at nighttime. Colin woke up in the morning very confused. Uh, you know, I'll just I'll chalk it up to a long weekend in Chicago. You know, the time difference really got me. You know what? I I texted you. Like, I sent it, and like it took like two or three minutes. And usually, like, you're pretty on top of that stuff. And I was like, hmm, I'm gonna give him ten minutes, but I think he's asleep. And I gave you ten, and then I texted you. You sleeping? And you just didn't respond, and I was like, it's time to close the computer. I, I had a moment. That's the first time we've missed a Sunday I, I episode. I think it is, come. too. I had a moment there where I was like, should I just like record by myself? And I was like, nah, weekend off. <laughs> it's bedtime for me, too. Yeah, I was not doing well tonight, as uh, Mr. Bo Burnham Starting says. Starting 2022 off with a bang. Yeah, yeah, no, no doubt about that. But you know, and what we have to plug if if you still haven't listened, Noah and I did our very first in person episode on Saturday, December thirty first, ringing in the new year, right? So go listen to that. Oh no, no, we did it on Friday. Holy shit! Oh my god, these days are just scrambled in my head. No, yeah. So go check that out. I think it was a really good episode. It was a lot of fun to do one in person finally. So plug for that if you have not listened. Mm-hmm. All right, but yep. with that. And here we are now, yeah. Colin. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, what are we talking about today? We, we, we got had, stuff to talk about. We had quite the return of a special man tonight, Colin. That we <laughs> did. That we did. I, you know what? No, I'm going to be honest. I didn't think it would happen. Neither, neither did I, really, Con. I, I thought we were going the whole season without seeing this man, honestly. But, you know, you know, we just we can't get away from Kyrie Irving. Maybe he is right. Maybe the vaccines just don't actually matter, and him holding out proves that. You know, he's playing games again here, Con. I think it worked. I mean, technically, technically he is playing games, but... You know, we're not going to focus on that. Let's talk about the the fact that he came back and played decently well. Yeah, you know, Connie came back tonight against my Indiana Pacers in the wonderful state of Indiana. Um, the crowd was very welcoming towards Kyrie. You know, when he came in, Colin, it was a big clap for Kyrie. Yeah, standing out. Um, you know, taking the stance that he took. And, Colin, I just want to tell you, I... I was going to send this in our betting group, me, but I knew that Kyrie would hit his points over tonight. Um, I believe DraftKings had it set at 19.5. Kyrie ended the game with 22 points. I knew Kyrie was going to hit that over against the Pacers. Um, there's a reason why the Nets brought back Kyrie today against the Pacers. Um, he got a softy. And, yeah, you see this gone. KD had 39, um, just need another person really to step up, Harden with 18, Kyrie with 22, and how how are you supposed to beat the Nets here, Colin, really? Those three guys just have it on, we're right back to where we were last year. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't know, I, I guess you just hope that you get home court advantage, 
in the playoffs so that no, you actually you want the Nets to have home court advantage so that he can only play three games. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's yeah, that's a weird one. That's a weird one to deal with for sure. I didn't even think about that. Right? No, well, it, Colin, if they got into a if they got into a first round matchup against the Knicks, Kyrie also not allowed to play games at Madison Square Garden, and Kyrie currently is not able to play any games in Toronto. So that those are things to think about. So so explain this to me really quick. So he can play games in Chicago. Just I'm using Chicago as as any town really that does have vaccine mandates for the players or maybe we don't is it california that i'm thinking of in california i think you have to have the vaccine can you play in california or he's fine in california i think he's fine in california i believe he can not only not play games in the state of new york or canada i am if i'm believing so okay all right i mean that's still a, a significant chunk of games a large chunk of games, actually. That's more than yes. 50% of games, so... <laughs> so, what what we're hoping for is that the Knicks draw them, or the Raptors draw them round one. That's very possible. Yes. The Raptors yeah. are actually I lined think, up with think, them to, to go round one, so... <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying, I'm just saying. At least we know Kyrie can play in good old Wisconsin. Yeah, yeah, that's that'll matter. That will help. That will help. But so to your initial question, Noah, how do you beat the Nets without Kyrie? I I don't. We haven't seen an answer either way yet, really, because with that Bucks series, the the Kyrie was there for one game, right? Like we've never really seen this Nets team healthy. In the in a playoff setting, at the very least. Yeah, and that's a scary part, Colin, because we were seeing. I think blitz. I feel like blitz a bit last year, but um, the Nets, the, you know, the big three, they were all just hurt at separate points. They never seemed like they could all be healthy and play a good amount of games together. And I do think that's the ultimate fear of this team here, Colin, is that you know, potentially, um, if one of these guys isn't healthy, you know they're a much worse team because they put all their chips into this basket. And yeah, it, it's going to be scary here, Colin, if they get some games to develop some chemistry here before the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, I absolutely agree. But it's just like, can you build chemistry with a guy that you're only playing with every other night? Because like, I'm looking at their schedule, <laughs> and now they got two games at home against the Bucks and Spurs. Can't play there. Then they go on the road, they get the Blazers and the Bulls, Kyrie's back, and then they play two at home, no Kyrie, then they go on a road trip, four games, and then they've got another homestand. And it's like, how do you how do you build <laughs> chemistry with a dude that just, what like, a, isn't playing? What a wild agreement that the Nets and Kyrie have. <laughs> Well, and so riddle me this too, because at some point in this year, Steve Nash came out and said Kyrie's not playing. Like I'm done asking questions. Obviously, Kyrie's playing now in these road games. Do you think there's the Nets have like acquiesced and are like, okay, yeah, yes, you're Kyrie Irving, we do need you, or do you think the Nets at some point are like, fuck it, dude, like you're giving everybody COVID, 
or whatever and say, we don't even want you near the team. You know, I, I think the Nets realized, Colin, that if they want to win a championship, they need this guy, and they just loosened up their, you know, demands here a little. I mean, I totally agree. Like, I have no issues with them doing what it takes to win. I just, I wouldn't be, I'd be surprised, but I wouldn't be shocked if they kind of take this back. Mm, I don't know. There's something there, though. There's something there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, you know, we get to see Kyrie tonight here on Wednesday, Colin. And potentially, Colin, we might be seeing the return of Mr. Clay Thompson here on Sunday. Are you excited about that? Oh, my God. I mean, it's Clay Thompson. How could you not be? Two. <laughs> how many calendar days has it been since he last played? Two, almost two and a half years, probably. Oh, my God. Think about that. Think about that. I mean, this dude, not, not to give away too much what our, the next part of our episode is going to be about, but this dude's made $60 million just sitting, I think waiting he, to I play. Think I, saw, I think I saw that he's officially made more in these two years than he has like in all his active years playing. <laughs> I think it was That's... 60 to 58. That's pretty funny. That's pretty funny. I mean, like, honestly, though, if you're the Warriors, you're like, hey, we won three championships, like, in large part because of you. Like, I'd be like, yeah, here's 60. Yeah, I mean, there's always a premium to pay Con for shooting in the league, and that's what ha- that's how you get paid when you're one of the best perimeter defenders in the league and potentially the second best shooter in the league. Um the Warriors have been kind of prepping for this here, Colin. Uh, over the last three games, they've played Jordan Poole off the bench as a six-man uh, mm-hmm. because Steve Kerr already said that, you know, they're not messing around with Clay. They're bringing him back to start. Like, I think that's awesome. Like, they're putting that mindset into Clay that, like, yeah, you're our dude. You're going to start. You're not coming off. There's no ramp up here, Colin. Like, it seems like Clay is very ready to play, you know? Yeah, because it seems like he's been like close for a couple months now and it feels like if they were waiting until he was absolutely 110 percent ready like they weren't fucking around like hey no you can come back at 95 and start to figure out it's like no no no. like you are going to be healthy if you are not absolutely healthy we're just not bringing you back so with that Noah, how much of a shift is there in this warriors team now that Clay's back, because they've been playing some some very solid team ball, mm-hmm. you know they uh, they're, they're like the number one offense in the league. How do you not disrupt that momentum you have and still bring Clay back and be effective? That is a good question, Colin. I think it. I think the really interesting here part is Jordan Poole coming off the bench as a six man, Colin. I mm-hmm. feel like the, these Warriors teams that we've seen win these championships have not really had a guy like Jordan Poole off the bench who's just that straight scoring punch. Um, no. I'm really excited to see Poole and Curry play, Poole and Thompson play. Um, and then the bench is kind of loaded now, Colin. You look at their their yeah. bench unit, assumingly, is probably Gary Payton, a.k.a. the Mitten, a.k.a. Glove Jr., My Otto guy. Porter Jr., Andre Gudala, Nemanja Belica, and now Jordan Poole. 
we haven't even talked about, you know, their two rookies, Kuminga yeah. versus Moody, and then James Wiseman when he inevitably comes back. Like, this team is deep, Colin. Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, it's not like the uh, the, the starters are, are lacking either when you've got Draymond and Steph, who are both having all-star years. No, I just I got to throw it out there. All-star ballots are out and about, and we'll have our our all-star episode soon. But Draymond Green deserves an all-star vote. I just I, I need that to be known. Draymond Green thinks Draymond Green deserves some MVP votes here, Colin. All right. Well, Draymond Green might hold Draymond <laughs> Green a little bit too high on Draymond Green's head, but you know that's uh, that's fair. Being coming from Draymond Green, I, I think that's a fair representation of Draymond Green. <laughs> I like that mindset, at least. Yeah. I mean, you know. <laughs> I think we've said it before, but like he's he's LeBron, but without the scoring. You know, LeBron's twenty-seven and seven. Draymond's seven, seven and seven. Still valuable. I wish I had the self. I wish I had half the self-confidence Draymond Green had. Seriously. <laughs> and he's got dude. And he's in the pod game too. Like, what's up with that? Damn, he's doing it all. I know. He's like walking on our toes. It's like, all right, Draymond, pick. Pick a lane, pal. <laughs> and <clears throat> that kind of leads me into where I wanted to go with this next tier, Colin. And I thought we should talk about, since we're already on the Warriors talk, I thought we should take a second, Colin, and talk about Mr. Andrew Wiggins. And I read a very good article, Colin, on NBA.com. This isn't what exactly I think, but the title of the article was Warriors Andrew Wiggins has, has a stronger 2022 NBA All-Star case than he And I'm just going to read you some through some of the stuff in this article, Colin. And you can just, you know, tell me your thoughts about it at the end. All right. Um, as we know, Warriors are currently the top seed in the West here, Colin. Um, Wiggins has already received endorsements from both Steve Kerr and Clay Thompson that they both think he should be on the All-Star team. Um, of course, those guys are going to stick up for Wiggins. Yeah. You know, he's your teammate. But you look, Colin, at Wiggins' stats this season, and you compare them to Klay Thompson, who has made the All-Star game three times. Um, and all three of those times here, Colin, Curry, Draymond, and Klay Thompson all made the game. Mm-hmm. Um, Klay Thompson made it in 2015, 2016, and 2017. Makes sense. Um, during that time, he averaged 21.4 points, Colin, 3.7 rebounds, 2.1 assists, a steal a game, and shot around 42% from three and had a pretty positive net rating. Um, you look at Wiggins this year, Colin, averaging 19.1, four rebounds, two assists, one steal per game, shooting 49% from the field and 43.5% from three-point percentage. Um, but it's... Not only, not only was Clay Thompson, you know, one of their best off-ball players while he was on the team, Colin, he was also... Um, you know, taking the assignment of usually the best offensive player. Um, usually, Clay Thompson was guarding mm-hmm. the best wing, and that's something that Wiggins has had to do for them this year. Um, I'm not saying that Wiggins has been the equivalent to you know Thompson during the prime of the Warriors dynasty, but I think I think he's in the relative same ballpark, Colin. It's not as far fetched as you may think. Um, you know, the Warriors had a pretty similar record here, Colin. Um, going into the three years that Clay Thompson made it. Uh, roughly, the Warriors could be 47-12 and 12 at the All-Star break this season, Colin. Um, that is 
three all-star territory, but, you know, that aspect is pretty subjective every year, Colin. Uh-huh. And with 12 roster spots, Colin, um, for the West, I think it's pretty safe to say that, you know, Curry, uh, Draymond Green, Devin Booker, Chris Paul, Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert, John Moran, Jokic, Luka, and LeBron will all be all-stars. Um, that's excluding guys like Paul George and AD who are hurt. They can make it, but even then, Colin, they're going to need an injury replacement. Right. And that leaves us with a pool here, Colin, of guys like Wiggins, DeAndre Aiden, Russell Westbrook, Carl Anthony Towns, Anthony Edwards, DeJounte Murray, Damian Lillard, and, like, Shea Gilgis. Um, the Lakers might not have the record here, Colin, to support multiple all-star bids, so Davis is hurt and Russ might miss it, you know, just because the Lakers are butt cheeks this year, Colin. Yeah, um, well, and the media the hates Russ right now, so... Yeah, the Timberwolves have two potential candidates, Colin, but I think those guys might be potentially hurting each other because they can't really separate themselves, you know, to where you can say that, you know, one guy is a bona fide all-star. Um, Wait, Dante are you saying between D'Lo and Ant, right? Or you're saying that Towns is a borderline all-star? Um, I think Cat and Edwards are could both be borderline all-stars. Really? I feel like I feel like Cat's got to be there. We're talking about a dude that's um, averaging 25 and 9 for block a game, a steal a game, and three and a half assists. I don't know. We're not picking our all-stars here. We're not picking our all-stars. All right, fine, 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 fine. Um, you know, DeJounte Murray and Shea Gilchrist have both been awesome, Colin. DeJounte Murray probably on my all-star team, but, you know, San Antonio and Oklahoma City both kind of have ass records, so there's mm-hmm. no guarantee they get an all-star. Um, Lillard's a tough case here, Colin, because he's having a down year and the Trailblazers are bad, but he's one of the biggest names in the league, and it do- it seems like it would be, like, wrong not to pick Lillard, right? Yeah, that's. It feels like the fans might just get him in, although he's mm-hmm. been hurt and too. He yeah, missed I, the last I two games. I called it. Did I not call it that? I said the abdomen injury might have been worse than it was. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, is that why he's out right now? Is the abdomen again? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, you were all of that. I, I um and this leaves Con a pretty that was a pretty talented pool of players, but I think at at the end of the day, Con it's gonna come down to who gets that third all star, the Warriors or the Suns. So really, um I think a case can be made for both Wiggins and DeAndre Aiden for that final all star spot. But you know, it just seems like the narrative is there for Wiggins Con. If they're th- this literally is the year that Wiggins could make the all star game con because Say the Warriors do this next year, you know, it's just Clay instead of Wiggins. Um, easy. And I there's a case for Wiggins here, Colin. I just had to bring that information to your mind. I, you know what, I don't, I don't hate it. I just don't think he, I just, I, I, it's tough for me to wrap around my head the idea of Andrew Wiggins really being an all-star. I know, because he's just like a meme, right? Like, yeah, it's just like, hey, like it's Andrew Wiggins, like the least like least efficient scorer in the NBA. Because there's, there's that one graph of him from a couple years ago, and it took three or four years of NBA data and showed, I think on the Y-axis, it was usage rate, and then on the X-axis, it was efficiency, and... Wiggins was off in his own corner of extremely high usage rate, terrible efficiency. I, nobody was close. <laughs> nobody was close. 
He's like DeMar DeRozan, but if DeMar DeRozan took, like, the worst possible shot he could every possession. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So that is um, how I think of That's what he used to be. Sorry, yes. That, that's what he it's, used to be. He's not talking. that anymore. He's not that player anymore. The Warriors have, you know, transformed this guy. And that, I guess that's what happens when you play with, you know, the, one of the best players in the world. Um, to me, Colin, I used to always think of Wiggins as, like, the two-dribble mid-range pull-up guy. He's not that guy anymore. He is just a catch-and-shoot defender. 3-and-D wing in the NBA con, and I think it's cool how he's rewriting his career. Yeah, I mean, I think so too. I mean, I don't think anybody's ever thought that what the Golden State Warriors have is a, a bad place to be. I mean, we've seen it. Yeah. Like, we've seen it. Harrison Barnes was in this role five years ago, and mm-hmm. he he made the USA team. Not even just the All Star team. Think about that. Yeah, there is uh, there is quite the benefit to playing next to the Warriors' big three, and I'm super excited to see Clay back on. And if Clay if Clay comes back on and he can average his two and a half three pointers made per game that he's been pretty in line for his entire career, mm-hmm. the league is in trouble. You know, you know, you remember how we how. It just felt con going into those seasons, you know, 2015 through 2017, where it was like, through that second year, it was like, damn, the Warriors are just going to win. Like, why are we even playing this season? I do remember that. I remember at <laughs> one point they were such high favorites. I think it was, <laughs> like, you bet something to the effect of if you bet 100 bucks on the Warriors to win the championship, you would net $107. what (laughs) why on earth would anybody do that (laughs) Vegas was so just no 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 like do not bet the Warriors we don't want you to because then their their last year the odds were like that and obviously injuries came up and you know anybody who put down their hundred bucks lost a hundred bucks instead of getting seven (laughs) dollars <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I, I do remember that though. That that does make it why it was so crazy when LeBron won that one year. Mhm. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. That's a uh, we could do a whole podcast on just that, you know, game 7 gone. <laughs> I still I still contest a lot of people try to call that block like the greatest play of the decade. There was a minute and a half left. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was a great play. I mean, it was I a great play. Maybe Mobley's freaking George Gervin reverse layup the other night might have been cooler. Okay, that was definitely cooler. And then I had to go look up <laughs> George Gervin highlights. Holy crap. That dude had just the like best ball control in the world. He was so smooth with it. In a way that I've never seen before. I don't know if dudes are just too athletic to be that smooth nowadays. I, I'm not certain. But, oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. That finger roll that he has, just right in. But Clay's our guy. Clay's our guy. He's going to be solid. I think the Warriors are going places. I don't think that it's nearly anywhere near the level of why bother playing the season. I still think that the Warriors are beatable, but 
if Clay comes back healthy, I think I would take them over the Nets in a seven-game series. I I think so too, Colin, and I think it's just because I think I'd much rather take you know Clay and Draymond guarding Durant and Harden or Durant and Kyrie than I would take Kyrie and Harden guarding Steph and Clay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and I just think too that over a seven-game series, when your defense is that good, that mm-hmm. the even though that the Nets big three is one of the biggest three that's really ever happened, I think you're going to see the weaknesses in the rest of the roster because I mean, outside of Patty Mills, who's really being productive this year? Gary Payton's going in that series. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying too. They've got guys like GP that are balling out on the defensive end that the Nets could only dream to have. <laughs> That's that really is the finals I think we deserve to see this year, Colin. And I made if the, it's that if that's not the finals we get, Colin, I want to see Grizzlies versus Cavs or Bulls versus Rockets. That would be cool. Oh yeah, that'd be pretty cool too. Yeah. That'd be that'd be pretty sick for me. Actually, who's the most beatable team that's in the playoffs right now? Mm, the Mavs. Give me Bulls Mavs. Oh, winner gets to keep DeMar for next year. I sure hope we win then. <laughs> that, would, that would suck if we had to watch him walk. <laughs> All right, now uh, th- this is a good segue here. So a lot of people over the off season thought the DeMar signing was atrocious. A lot of people thought we paid him too much. And there's that meme that's been going around that's like a Bleacher Report article that says league executives unanimously or vote DeMar DeRozan signing as the worst signing of the offseason. And clearly that has not been a bad contract that we offered him because he's playing at an MVP level. He's balling out. He had the week of weeks where he hit the two buzzer beaters on back-to-back days. No big deal. But there are some bad contracts out there in the NBA, Noah. And I think that, you know, I think we should just take a moment to go over them. Reminisce on maybe how they came to be and uh, where we see them going and the the teams that hold them are going. Um, You know, we had kind of messed around with the idea of doing a draft, but I, I think that just makes things too complicated so why don't we just kind of talk about some of our our favorite worst contracts in the nba right now where do you want to start noah i i'd be interested colin in hearing who you think has the worst current contract in the nba just overall like the there's no way this contract sense I hate it I hate it I hate it <sighs> ah man there's there's some low-hanging fruit here that I'm I think I'm gonna avoid I think that Russell Westbrook is probably a pretty hot name for this answer right now and I'm gonna avoid it purely because I do think that Russ can turn around I as much as I hate the Lakers, I still think there's a chance they turn this thing around. 
and uh, you know, Russ broke that streak. We saw Noah of four hundred some consecutive games with a turnover. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know, Russ is still like Russ still seems to be con like he can at least take you to the playoffs. Yeah, there's a certain value to that contract if he gets you to if he's like guaranteed. You know, yeah, and, yeah, and I think there's there's a lot to be said about that. Um, you know what, Noah? Honestly, if I were a team and I'm just like looking at my composition right now, and I'm like, why the fuck do we have this kind of contract? The Gordon Hayward contract is so much money. Interesting. It's so much money, and as much hype as the Hornets have gotten this year, Noah, they sit eighth in the East. And as good, as much ground as the East has made up in these last couple of years in, in trying to bring back, you know, the East as a whole being like somewhat as competitive as the West, it, I still don't think we're quite there. And so we're looking at a team that's 20 and 19. You're going to have to pay LaMelo. You've got this Terry contract sitting there. You've got Bridges. You know, you want to go out and sign a big dude this offseason so that you can actually go do something. And you've just got Gordon Hayward sitting there. I I don't know who's taking this contract. You know, and I I think that's how I'm going to judge these worst contracts is who... Who do I just look at this and say, there's no chance in hell I'm ever taking on this contract? And Gordon Hayward's contract, I look at this and I say, there's no chance in hell I'm taking Gordon Hayward at 30 mil. No way. Mm-hmm. I like, I just I can't justify that for any team in the NBA right now. Yeah, it was a it was a weird contract call, even when it initially got signed. It um it happened at a time where the I don't think really even the Hornets... The Hornets clearly did not see their team accelerating this much. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's what happens when you draft LaMelo Ball, I guess. And at the time, I was like, okay, it's whatever. The Hornets are going to be a bad team. They want, like, one guy to come help fill seats, you know? Give yeah. Gordon Hayward $30 million. But now that they're good, Colin... <laughs> it's, like, such a worse contract now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, and and the idea that it still has two more years after this, like that you're hampered for two years of Lamelo Ball being really good, and and so I guess maybe you can kind of justify it that way. Lamelo is not superstar yet; like he still has a couple years, and then maybe we can get rid of Gordon Hayward and you know move on from him. So maybe you justify it that way. So. Yeah, I just I didn't want to pick any of the real, real low hanging fruit because I, I just don't yeah, think that's the thing fun. Here, the thing here is, Colin, is that Miles Bridges did not sign his um, extension with the Warriors in the summer. He opted out. He's going to become a restricted free agent, and with the breakthrough season he's had now, there's a potential that either the Warriors. Or the Hornets are going to have to match whatever salary another team offers Miles Bridges, which at this point, Colin, is going to be probably around 18 mil and up because that's just what you pay for a scoring wing in the NBA. Yeah. Um, they're either going to go deep in the luxury tax to keep Miles Bridges, or there's potential that they could lose out on this guy this summer, Colin, if a team offers too much money. 
And I think they will, dude. I for dude, the the guys that get offered 18 mil right now have far worse stats and potential <laughs> than Miles Bridges. I mean, we're talking about a guy who's 23 years mm-hmm. old right now. Like, this isn't some 29-year-old who you're signing for like his like last contract. Like this is going to be his first big contract. He's only going up from here, at least so you believe. So mm-hmm. Yeah, I think they're going to miss out on him, and, and it's going to suck. Because a team here like the Thunder, Colin, who are rebuilding but potentially aren't that far away from being good because they already have decent pieces. They could play devil's advocate here and offer Miles Bridges, what, 22, 23, yeah. just because they have the money to. Exactly, and then if you're the Thunder, like that speeds up the rebuilding process a bit for mm-hmm. you, but you're still paying all these draft guys. Like It's not like you're out here dropping bags on bags on the mm-hmm. dudes on your roster. Yeah. Um, that is, that's, that's good, Colin. I did not expect you to say that contract, but that is, that is a bad contract. Yeah. The Thunder right now, Noah, just as a side note, are not paying a single player more than $10 million. That's how you build a championship team. Josh Giddy is their third highest paid player. Think about that. God. <laughs> yeah, and it's Derek Favors even is yeah. That's that's yeah. Derek Favors is their highest paid player because Shea's still on the last year of his rookie contract. So next year, next year it'll go up. Next year it'll go up, but still, still that's nuts. They have so much money to just throw. Do you want me? Uh, do you want me? To yeah, yeah, yeah obviously, yeah, yeah, yes, no, yes. Well, no, no, no. I want to um, hear who you think the worst contract is. Oh, okay. Um, the worst contract con, just like you, I don't want to go for the low hanging fruit here. Um, you know, could say John Wall. I, I think John Wall could be the worst contract, but it's kind of boring, right, Colin? Yeah, um, and also, here's what I'll say about the John Wall contract. You're choosing to not let him play, yeah. so I don't know what John Wall is. I there, I highly doubt that he's – actually, I, I know that he's not worth $44 million, but he he could still be something. So I, it's just there's that little bit of doubt that makes it so – Weirdly enough, Colin, it seems like those contracts are, like, it seems like getting out of that John Wall contract is much easier than getting out of that Gordon Hayward contract, too, which yeah. is, a is like, a factor you have to take in. Yeah. No, I mean, I think it's I think at some point they're just going to buy him out because he wants to play basketball because he's already made a dick ton of money in his career. He's, yeah. He's by the end of this year, he would have had made one hundred ninety million dollars in the NBA. I mean, you know, I don't know if I'm necessarily passing up forty eight million dollars, but you know, if I uh, can go do the thing that I love and I already have enough money, you know, maybe I don't opt in, mm-hmm. or maybe I opt in and then get bought out and then go somewhere. You know, this guy I'm about to say, Colin, he may not be the worst contract in the NBA, but I do think it is a pretty ass contract, and I think that's Tobias Harris of the Philadelphia 76ers, Colin. 
<laughs> yes, sir. Yes, and, sir. Know, this might be this might be some personal vendetta. You know, I thought Tobias should be taking some slack that Ben Simmons got. You know, I'm a bit of a Ben Simmons stan. It it is what it is, Colin. Mm-hmm. But Tobias Harris signed a five year, 180 million dollar contract. Colin, he has 112.9 million remaining on that. Over the next three years, Colin, he's making 35 this year, 37 the next year, 39 the next year. Um, so you have him for two more years after this season. And don't get it like messed up, Colin. Tobias Harris is a good player. He's averaging 18, 7, and 3 this season. But next season, Colin, he will be the 13th highest paid player in the league. Despite That's being garbage. Zero, despite what? Being like the, the 50th? Fortieth, fiftieth best player in the yeah. league. For just for some context, Colin, at the sign at the time Tobias signed his contract, he signed for just six million less overall than what Anthony Davis and Clay Thompson both did. That's garbage. I knew this was a bad contract. I didn't realize how bad it was. I hate this contract. Yeah, I mean, if we're talking about you can't move this guy. Who the hell is taking Tobias Harris for $36 million? Honestly, I, yeah, this could be worse cause, than the Gordon Hayward one because I would rather have Gordon Hayward for $30 million. Gordon Hayward is the better player. Mm-hmm. And yeah. he's making somehow less money. Yeah, I I hate this fucking contract, Colin. I think this is absolutely a terrible contract. Yeah, and what's crazy to me, Noah, is... He he really wasn't looked at as like a great player up until that half year that he was on the Clippers for. Mm-hmm. You know, he just he kind of bursted out. He was always kind of like a fifteen point per game scorer, and then I, I forget what the narrative was, but I remember the narrative being like, man, like this Tobias Harris guy, like he's he's the piece you need on a championship team, and then mm-hmm. it was like. Oh well, is he worth thirty-three million dollars to be your fourth best player? Because that seems like a a bit of an overpay. I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm not a finance yeah, guy time, myself. At the time he signed the contract, con um, it was the 2018 off season was, and that was when you know a lot of shooters got paid just because the um, the three point. The three-pointer between 2017 and the 2018 season, like, really took on another level of importance. Mm-hmm. And so you saw during that offseason a ton of guys got paid. You know, we're going to talk about one of the other contracts pretty soon here, Colin. Mm-hmm. And Tobias Harris got very lucky that he was a shooter who got paid, Colin. And the fact that the Sixers were like, yeah, this guy can make $39 million and he can be our second-best player on a championship team now, like, ain't no way. Crack. Ain't no way. Yeah, that was before Daryl Morey. Daryl Morey must hate him. <laughs> he definitely does. Eighteen dude. points a game, Colin, for a thirty-six mil kind of guy. Yeah, it's... eighteen points a game. Give me Russ's contract over that. Honestly, I'm not even. No, I'm not even kidding because Russ could at least like one man army a team. Yeah, this one. Like, Harris that's what I'm is saying. just a role player. Like, Bryce Harris you... is a role player. Yeah. Like, if for whatever reason, the Pelicans this season, or, like, the Rockets were just like, screw it. Like, we want to be competitive. And you put Russ on that team, Russ could get you to the playoffs. Like, I'm not saying it would be pretty, 
But like, Russ he at least could... gets you twenty-five wins. Yeah, I, I don't think Tobias Harris is getting me any more wins. I think Tobias Harris no. is like net neutral. He's carbon you put neutral, Tobias dude. Tobias Harris on the ThunderCon, we'd be like, wow, Darius Baisley got a lot more buff. <laughs> <laughs> We'd be like, man, who's this guy getting 17 minutes? Another dude on the Thunder we we got to forget about for fantasy. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I might have missed I already know it. There's a guy we got to talk about here because he, he's on this list that we're both looking at. And when I first was scrolling and I saw his name, I was like, what the fuck? Why Why would you put Jimmy Butler on this list? Like, that's garbage. Jimmy's one of the best players in the NBA. He's a superstar as much as you don't like to say it. These Heat teams have been fantastic while he's been there. And then I, I looked a little closer, Noah. I, I looked at the numbers. And this contract that they have him on pays him in the year 2025-2026 when he'll be 36 years old. He will be making $52.5 million. Huh. Noah. Huh. This is a Heat team that has some young pieces on it. <laughs> we, you know what? We, we've seen LeBron be productive at 36. <laughs> we've seen some other guys be productive at 36. Do you think Jimmy Butler's $52.5 million productive at the age 36? <laughs> yeah, the the sheer size of this contract con is uh, a little scary. Um, like this article said, con wings with terrible outside shooting don't tend to age the most gracefully. <laughs> um, and... <laughs> Con, this article is saying that he's missed about a quarter of his team's games over the past four seasons, and we've seen this season, Con, Jimmy Butler is very much struggling to stay healthy. Um, yeah. Had a pretty bad tailbone injury that kept him out for a while. He's been out with COVID protocols, Con. Now he just rolled his ankle the other night, couldn't even walk off the court under his own weight. Um, this is scary, Con. This is scary. He, Jimmy Butler this season, Con, I watch a decent amount of Heat games just because I do like watching them mm-hmm. as a team. He's looked just like gas during the fourth quarter of games, which is not the Jimmy Butler we're used to seeing. You know, all those injuries I think are adding up. He just hasn't been able to catch his um, conditioning this season. It's it's scary. This guy's going to be 36, making 52 mil. This Heat team are really, like, dying on the Kyle Lowry, Jimmy Butler hill here, Colin, if they don't want to ship. Yeah, I mean, you've kind of locked up Tyler Hero and Bam, which I think was very important. I think that keeping Bam around for a while is is going to be a good choice. I don't think that having a all-defensive center is ever going to steer you wrong. But yeah, this this one's tough. This one's really tough. Um, I I guess you hope he can still defend and just leans into that playmaking role. I, you know, like that's that's really what you're going for. I I hope this guy grows a third eye, Colin, and learns how to be a Magic Johnson level type of pass. <laughs> and I, 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 
Yes, I love Jimmy as a Bulls fan. I, I never didn't love Jimmy. I, I still, when we traded him, I was like, we, we can do something with this guy. And clearly we could because the Heat did. But, uh, yeah, 52 mil. No, on that point, do you think that $52 million is just getting, like, tossed around in five years' time? Four years' time, I guess? Shit, Tobias Harris might be making that on his next contract. Dude, he deserves it, honestly. Like, okay. <laughs> like, 15 points per game, sign me up for 70 mil a year. I got that <laughs> sitting around. All right. Let's move on from, from Jimmy. No, before we get to the guy that you want to talk about. No, no, no. Let's, let's do the guy you wanted to talk about. The other shooter. Yeah, and that is uh, Mr. Davis Bertans here, calling of the Washington Wizards, the Latvian Laser. Um, a guy who, you know, I fell for the trap here, Colin. I was pretty bought in <sighs> on did. Davis Bertans. I was uh, big on him for fantasy. And this happened, Colin, in 2018. He shot 42.6% from three. Uh, the Wizards were like, damn, this guy's pretty good at shooting. We should sign him. Gave him a five-year, $80 million contract, Colin. He's making $16 mil for the next two years and $17 mil on the third year. Um, this is for a guy, Colin, that I think is averaging eight points this season. Seven points. Um, can eight and a, Yeah, seven points. Um, I think he's averaging just about, like, he can't even find his way into the Wizards rotation really here, Colin. No. And I have paying a guy off. $16 mil a year to play 16 minutes, Colin. A minute, a million a minute. No, a minute, baby. That's what they call him. He's shooting 36% this year, not from three, but the field. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Granted, granted, all basically all of his attempts are threes at this point. He takes 5.7 attempts a game, and 4.7 of them are threes. But, you know, when you're doing that much shooting and you're shooting 34%, it's it's not a great look. It's actually an atrocious look. And you got this guy for three years after this season. Mama. Yeah. yeah. Mama mia. Yeah, yeah. I mean, at some point now, is it really enough where the Wizards are just like, screw it and take the bullet and cut the contract, buy them out? I don't know. I feel like I feel like you could bait someone with Davis Bertans. Who? I don't know. The Kings? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Maybe, yeah. Maybe if you just, like, go over to, like, Sacramento and just, like, Kind of like pick up the phone and be like, "Hello, yes, this is Sacramento. We'll take Davis Bertans." That might just work. Maybe the Kings wouldn't notice. Maybe they'd be like, "Shit, yeah, we've had our eye on this guy for a year now." <laughs> They're like, damn, Marvin Bagley got a clip on him now. <laughs> we gotta extend Marvin. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we should pay this guy eighteen million a year. Yes, we should. Yes, we should. Yeah, I don't know what else there is to say about Bertans other than. He's he's kind of garbage, mm-hmm. you know. And maybe maybe it's just a one season drought. Like obviously, 
at no point has he ever really lived up to I mean, that first year. Actually, granted, he only played fifty-four games, but you know, he shot forty-two percent from three, averaged fifteen and a half points. I mean, you take that, but the last two years have definitely been a downslope. So maybe he can figure it out somewhere else if he ever gets that opportunity. Not sure that he good, will. Good, good for you, Davis. You're making a bag. Yeah. All right, Noah. We, we got to talk about it because everybody wants to know how bad is Russell Westbrook's contract? It's not great, Colin. It's I think, not great. I think that's the perfect way to sum up his contract. It's just, just a solid sigh. It's not great. Yeah, this is a um, this is a contract con, which at the time he signed with a five-year, two hundred and four point five million dollar contract, making forty four point two million this year, and he has next year under the contract con making forty seven mil. Um, that's a player option. This is a contract con that I've now seen be developed between the Thunder, the Rockets, the Wizards, and now the Lakers. Um, a pretty good sign that, you know, no no contract is ever unmovable. Um, Russ and John Wall have shown that very easily here, Colin. Yeah. And the, this is just such an interesting situation the Lakers now find themselves in, Colin. Yeah, I just, I don't. So, no, let me throw this out here. And I think I've said it before on this podcast, but... You know, a couple of years back, I was listening to a podcast with uh, Scott Boris, who's like the MLB, just mega agent. He gets all of his players $300, 400000000 contracts over 10 years, and all these dudes make a buttload of money. And what he always talks about is when you have these guys that sign these $10-plus-million-dollar contracts, or 10-plus-year contracts for hundreds of million dollars, is that... It, there's an idea of present value that maybe the first year of the contract, you're really worth one and a half, two times the value you're getting paid because you're that good. But you know that you would absolutely ruin the team financially if you were to do that. So you backload it and, you know, in your ninth year when you're still getting paid $20 million, and this is obviously the MLB, when, you know, your numbers have dropped off, you were compensated because you were that good at the beginning. Mm-hmm. So the Thunder were the ones to sign this contract. This is now the fourth team to pay him out on this contract in the fourth consecutive year. <laughs> There's no reason for the Lakers to be paying for 2016, Ross. Which is is kind of how yeah. I think this contract works. That is that is a good way to think about that. Yeah. So I just, I, if from the moment they, they they traded for him, I didn't really get it. You know, I I think people thought that, kind of like you were saying that he would win a couple home game or a couple games where LeBron and AD were injured let the Lakers make it to the playoffs so that the rest of the team could be healthy and then run it. 
I uh, I don't know. Guess that plan doesn't work out when AD gets hurt. Yeah, that plan does not work <laughs> out when AD gets hurt. Honestly, I think you just have to like if you're the Lakers, you're not moving it. You just you got to figure out a way to make it work. That is the best thing that you can do. Is it a great contract? No, but it you know late at the end of the tunnel at the max you have them for next year. I don't know if that's light because LeBron is going to be 37, 38 next year, but LeBron is going to have a gun to head saying you're not taking that player option. <laughs> <laughs> I LeBron will personally pay him $47 million not yeah. to play. Yeah. He'll be like, dude, I'll sell like a couple shoes and we'll just give you that. Yeah. Go fund me. Let Russ not be on the team next year. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, uh, you got to make it before, work. <laughs> before we get into um, our little last surprise segment, I have here for you, mm-hmm. Colin. I think I think we might as well talk about one last guy, um, Rudy Gobert here, Colin. And this is an interesting situation here, Colin. He's mm-hmm. on contract here for the next four seasons after this one, making thirty-five mil right now, but it scales up to forty-six point seven mil in the last year with a player option. Um. You know, on one hand here, Colin, you're looking at Rudy Gobert. He's got three of the last four Defensive Player of the Year awards. The Jazz have been, the Jazz were the best team in the league last year. They've been, you know, always flowing up there near the top of the West. You think, okay, Rudy Gobert, you know, this contract's worth it. Um, Mm -hmm. On the other hand, Colin, you're thinking, you know, how much is this guy who is probably league best rim protector, how much is he worth, Colin, in a guard era, like a perimeter-oriented NBA that we are in right now? Mm Mm-hmm. And it's very interesting because, in all respects, Colin, the Jazz have to pay Rudy Gobert this. You can't just let Rudy Gobert walk in the market that the Utah Jazz are in. But, what, one more year of a disappointing playoff run, Colin? This contract is very hefty. Yeah, I mean, the other thing you have to consider if you're me, or no, 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 if you're the Jazz, is you are the Utah Jazz. Like, who Mm -hmm. else are you? getting yeah you're not a free agent destination no you're just not so uh i think it's worth it i mean the thing is and this is what always gets me is it only takes one it only takes one year i mean Mm -hmm. what rudy Mm -hmm. gobert is 29 right now donovan mitchell's 24 23 Mm -hmm. it only takes one year it only takes one year you know, mm-hmm. like people yeah. people clown on that Clippers team for never being able to get through it. And who knows? Maybe maybe they never really would have. And, you know, that team was around for long enough, but it only takes one to get over the hump. So, you know, like nobody's ever going to clown Giannis again is, is the guy who can't make it to the finals, the guys who can't <laughs> win a finals. Like, he did it. He made it. He did it. Mm-hmm. You know, Chris Paul has that monkey on his back or off his back now. Like he made a finals. Yep. So, I I, I just I don't want to just look at the past and be like, oh, they they didn't do it for two years in a row. They got bounced. Smell you later. Writing you off. Yeah. 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 Uh, I I feel the same. I just thought we should bring it up because yeah. wow, forty six mil for Rudy Gobert is quite the payday. 
It is hefty. It is quite hefty. Uh, we'll just give some quick shout-outs here, calling to some other bad contracts. You know, Danilo Gallinari, um, Al Horford, Sheesh. Eric Bledsoe, uh, Andrew Wiggins is probably considered a bad contract. Yeah. Uh, Chris Stapps, classic Chris Stapps. And then, you know, Mr. Mister Fat Contract himself, Kevin Love, baby. Oh, my God. Yeah, we didn't even talk about Kevin Love. Yeah. Yeah, I mean. Again, you know, they knew they paid him for that championship. I'll give yep. the Cavs that. Yep. Yeah. They, they, the Cavs, I, feel, I don't feel bad for the Cavs at all. No, because the Cavs are fine. That kind of despite LeBron, and I don't blame Kevin Love for signing that contract. I'll tell mm-hmm. you that. Nah, I don't. I don't think Kevin <laughs> Love's too bag. sad about it. I mean, you have, he has to live in Cleveland. Like they have to, yeah, you know, yeah, compensate him enough. Jesus, how much do you, do you <laughs> think his like mansions like three hundred grand? <laughs> no, that's that's rude. That's rude. Got the most expensive place in Cleveland. Uh, Cleveland. <laughs> um, all right, no. What is this surprise segment you have for us? Um, you know, Colin, we're, I thought since it's a new year, first podcast mm. of the new year, I thought Correct. we'd just take you know the last ten minutes or so to you know perhaps just brainstorm for the podcast maybe set some goals for the podcast brainstorm some marketing here you know Ooh. thought it'd be cool for the listeners to hear this is, is all right i have some ideas of my own con but you know if you have any goals you would want to see us reach this year i think it'd be cool if, i think it'd be good for us to set goals i, I think it is too I, you know what actually you no know i'm gonna write these down um all right no first goal that i have off the top of my head um, and the listeners don't know this, but I would like to reach our first episode that gets 150 lessons. Yeah. Yeah. I would I like just, that You know, I, we, we've been struggling. It's the marketing thing, Noah. I, I just, I don't know how to do it. And I, I really haven't, to be, to be candid, yes. you know, I haven't spent much time marketing either, but, huh. <laughs> we'll figure it out. Yes. And I think, you know, part of that leads me into Colin. I was thinking, how are how do we market ourselves? Um, I do think us sticking to fantasy basketball, Colin, which is what we, that's what the root of this podcast mm-hmm. was, you know, born on. Um, we have to stick to the fantasy basketball because I was just like, I read The Athletic every day, Colin, and they don't even have a fantasy basketball page to their website yet. Like, Fantasy basketball just hasn't boomed yet like fantasy football has. Or it's just not there yet. Yeah. And I want to be at the forefront of that boom, Colin, when fantasy basketball does blow up. I think just fan- fantasy sports as a whole are, are getting mm-hmm. there. I really do. And, you know, I think I think there's realms to be explored here, Colin. I, I think marketing-wise in terms of, like, social media – um, you know, we do pretty well on the Reddit. Like Reddit is where we probably have amassed most of our listeners. I think mm-hmm. I think we keep doing what we're doing on Reddit. I think I a different too. approach to I think a different approach to TikTok is a good way to get some more listeners in the door. I think um, so. I too. don't necessarily know what that involves, Con. I think we're going for 
you know, I think we could, I think we could be thinking easier here with TikTok, where it's just our phone pointing at the our computer to monitor, you know, just doing whatever basketball highlights that we want, and we're just talking over it. Like, yeah, I think it's it, as simple as that. Instead of like Brandon being like, yeah, like I was thinking of just, I was thinking of just starting like an NBA role players lost in history, like TikTok series, where I'm just pointing my phone at YouTube, just talking about these guys, and you know, I think that's easy way for us to just amass a following on TikTok. Um, All right, I like that. You know, I think I I think coming up with series like that on our TikTok con would be a good way to market for this year. You know, I actually like that a lot. Yeah, because the weird uh weird parallel, but have you ever watched uh, any like the real long form video analysis stuff on YouTube? That'll have yeah. yeah I love that stuff. You know, like uh, mm-hmm. what's the like the I, deep rewinds? A, I love mm-hmm. the deep that's rewinds. A, that's an avenue I would like to explore as well. Oh, yeah. I mean, obviously not just copy what a deep rewind does, but you know, I don't think I mean, any, yeah, anything yeah. we do has our own twist on it. So yeah, I don't think deep rewind has a a trademark on recapping history though. So. I, I think we'll be okay there. Ooh, I like that a lot, Noah. Noah, I, you know what? I'm just going to throw it out there. You know, if we're just brainstorming, because why not? Have you ever streamed on Twitch before? I have not, but it's mainly because I don't have the, like, techni- the technology capabilities to. My laptop's kind of poopy. How, okay, how nice does your laptop have to be? Not that nice in terms. My laptop's five years old. Like in terms of laptops you can get nowadays, like easy. Damn. Yeah, my laptop's six years old. So. Oh man, that I just I think Twitch sounds so much fun. Yeah, I think that leads into you know perhaps us getting up a video podcast this year, setting that up, Colin. <sighs> Showing our ugly faces. Yeah, I know. That's the worst part of it. You know, I don't think that's a bad idea, though, Noah, to, like, do it over Zoom so that, like, we can see Just each other. personable. Yeah. Well, yeah, like, that's... Our uh, chemistry, when we did it in real life, Colin was... So nice. A1. Yeah. Yeah. Um, another, like, just straight number goal. Um, we're, we, I think we've amassed, Colin, we're pretty good about getting, like, 25 to 30 downloads on any given episode. Um, I think I want to see that by, like, 50 at the end of the year. Yeah. Any other ideas that you have that, you know, this, you kind of dropped this one on me. I, I'm all for it, but ideas that you have thought of. Um, not really. I think the TikTok is mainly where we can make our bread and butter. Um, you know, if we really wanted to expand our horizons, I think the DFS, which we've dipped our toes into, would be Ooh, a good way to garner some listeners. I like it, Noah. I like it. And, you know, no, if we're going to be candid with the listeners, I think this episode might end because I'm about to go crap. But a massive crap. Um, yeah. yeah, that's fine. That was a, that, that that was, was a good yeah. brain. I, I, thought, I thought this would be I cool think it for the listeners well. to hear. Just the brain behind Bench Chatter. And, yeah. Um, thank you guys for listening to another episode of Bench Chatter, the Common Men's NBA podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Bench underscore Chatter. And we'll see you guys on Sunday. Khan's going to go... 
<laughs> yeah. Like a crack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, lean it out more. All right, see ya.